my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. In this episode, I wanted to follow up on the topic of last episode, which was examining the fruits to expose the roots. That is, looking at the fruit of what we're thinking about to see what the root of those thoughts is. So if the fruit is anxiety, worry, discontentment, then we can know that the root of those thoughts is not coming from the Lord. It's not coming from the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to start with Psalm 119, verse 25. And that says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. And that really spoke to me because that uh, I identify so closely with that, that my soul clings to the dust, that even though I know that God is better than everything else on earth, even though I know that the things of this earth will leave me empty, even though I know trying to find satisfaction in material things is like drinking salt water, it just leaves you worse off than you were before, even though I know all these things, yet for some reason, my soul clings to the dust. That is the spiritual part of me, that my, my soul that is the gateway between my body and my spirit somehow clings to the dust. And so, you know, man was formed out of the dust of this earth and my soul clings to my flesh sometimes rather than clinging to my spirit, rather than being led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that my spirit has been joined with the Lord's spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 17. And yet my soul sometimes, rather than letting my spirit lead me, let the Holy Spirit lead me, my soul sometimes clings to the dust. But I love the second half of that verse. He says, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. And if you've listened to the podcast long, you know that according to means in agreement with or depending on or in a manner conforming with. So give me life in agreement with your word, depending on your word, in conformity with your word. And this is how we can replace those roots. When we talk about we identify the fruit of a thought, if we find that, you know what, I'm discontent, I'm, I'm not walking in the peace of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. I don't have the gentleness, the kindness, the love, the joy that God wants to give me. We have to dig down and identify the roots of what are the lies that I'm believing? What is it that Satan is deceiving me with? Where is God's truth not prevailing in my life? And we have to take some, do the work to discover those thoughts. You know, we can't just live with these emotions. We have to dig down and get past the emotion to see what is the foundational idea that I am believing that is producing these emotions and to expose those. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. In the New Living Translation of the Bible, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes 
our innermost thoughts and desires. And so that's in agreement with what Psalm 19 or 119.25 says. It says, give me life according to your word. The word of God exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It divides between soul and spirit. It shows us this is truth. This is right. These are the lies. It exposes the lies of the enemy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Again, remember, according to, depending on, and agreement with, and conformity to. So we're walking in the flesh. We're still on the earth. We still have these bodies formed from dust, but we're not waging war with our bodies. We're not punching people. We're not swinging swords. We're not shooting guns. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So we have to dig down and expose these lies that are producing the fruit that is contrary to the inheritance that Jesus died to provide for us. Jesus died to provide us this extraordinary, amazing inheritance, and we must not allow the enemy to rob us of our inheritance through the lies that we believe. And the enemy will work in many different ways. It's not that every person who's being attacked by Satan is rolling on the ground foaming at the mouth. Satan is more than happy to keep a low profile if he can, and to not even have us think that this might be a demonic attack, to have us just accept these lies just as part of our culture, as just the norm, this is just how life is, and that's, you know, one of Satan's biggest deceptions is to convince people that he's not real. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, Paul says, I don't want you to be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. In the New International Reader's Version, he says, we don't want Satan to outsmart us. We know how he does his evil work. So Satan comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He comes to tempt, to deceive, to intimidate, to accuse. And we have to be prepared. We have to be uh, ready to resist the devil, like it says in James. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So Satan is many things, but he is not stupid. And he wants to take away, to deprive humanity from the bounty that God desires to give us, from the goodness and from the blessings of God. And Satan wants to steal all of that from us. He wants to convince people that Jesus is not the Christ, that God is not real, and that God's word is not real. And these are all lies of the devil that he seeks to sow into our lives as subtly as possible that we might just accept them and believe them and be deprived of walking in the fullness of what God wants to give us. And so this is why it's so important that we expose the root of what we're thinking. We have to examine the fruit when we're walking in anxiety, depression, uh, you know, all of the, the list where Paul provides us the warning signs where we're out of step with the Spirit when he says uh, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He's, these, are, these are warning signs. You know, if we have 
fits of anger, if we have jealousy, if we have enmity, if we have envy, if we have strife in our life, these are warning signs, the impurity, the sensuality, the immorality. Paul's saying, look, these things are going to deprive you from inheriting what God wants to give you. He says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So God has all these good things to give us, and when we're not experiencing them, we need to dig down and identify. And sometimes we can go back to Psalm 119, verse 25, where we say, Lord, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. And that's how Jesus overcame the temptation of the devil, right? When Satan came to Jesus and said, uh, turn these stones into bread, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And that's how uh, Jesus resisted the devil when he said, you know, jump down and the angels will save you. He said, it's also written, don't put your God to the test. And so Jesus responded to Satan's attempts to get him to believe a lie with the word of God. And so when our soul clings to the dust, when we're tempted to let our soul uh, stay, when we're tempted to let our flesh be what dominates our soul, we can pray to the Lord, we can cry out, we can say, give me life according to your word. And we can dig down and try and identify the roots of those thoughts that deprive us of our inheritance in Christ, and we can replace them. Again, that's what repentance is, is to change the way we think, is to take this old, ungodly way of thinking where we think, oh man, if I only had this thing, or if I only you know, could indulge in this appetite, then I would be satisfied. And we can say, you know what, that's, that's not true, that's a lie. And I can replace that lie with the truth of God, with the scripture that says, in God's presence, there is life everlasting and fullness of joy, that it's in unity with God. It's when I'm walking as I was created by my maker to walk, that I'm walking filled up by the one who was who, who designed me for himself. I was designed to be a vessel of God's presence. And then when I'm walking, fulfilling that purpose as my as I was created to be, my purpose is to be a vessel of God's presence and to carry his dominion and his likeness on the earth. When I walk in the fullness of that, that's when I'm most satisfied. That's when I'm giving myself to the very highest thing that there is in the universe, to be a lover of God, to be a servant of God, to follow Jesus and to pursue the things that he desires to do. And uh, it's... Uh, it's what we were made for. So praise the God of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Holy Spirit who takes what belongs to Jesus and makes it known to us. God bless you. May God give you wisdom. You know, I really encourage each of us, myself, everyone listening, to recognize that when discontent creeps into our heart, when we're not experiencing the joy of the Lord, that the uh, Paul wrote that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of these external things, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if we're not experiencing the righteousness, the peace, and the joy in the Holy Spirit that the kingdom of God consists of, we need to recognize that we're believing lies. We need to expose those lies, replace them with the truth, and receive the fullness of what God wants to give us. 
Thank God for his great mercy that he has included us in his kingdom. He has included us and given us an inheritance. He has dealt bountifully with us through his son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. God bless you. Thanks for listening.